The reading is John 1, 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, it's nearly Christmas, and this will be um, our, it will be my 10th Christmas in West Edinburgh and Kerstorfen. And um, every year at Christmas time in our house, we have a bit of a battle that goes on. I know that's hard to believe, but it revolves around two things. One, can I have a puppy for Christmas? That ain't happening ever. Or failing the puppy, can we have a Christmas tree? Um, and sometimes I've got away with having a little, you know, one of those little Christmas trees you get in one of the supermarkets that has little, comes already with little lights on it and things. Sometimes I kind of get away with that. But this year, I've gone mad because 10 years ago we moved into the house we live in, what's called the rectory. And in the back garden, there was a bush. Now it's a holly bush. And it was about, let's say, five feet high when we moved in. And uh, we've watched it year on year grow slowly bigger and bigger. And this year, it's reached probably at least the height of our Christmas tree over there. So it's gone quite a lot. It's kind of doubled, uh, more than doubled in size in that time. But this year, it did something it's never done before. It 
it produced berries. Thousands upon thousands of berries. It was quite an amazing thing. And I thought, I looked at it one morning, and I looked at this tree, and I could see the berries were coming. They hadn't quite ripened. They hadn't gone red yet on it. And I thought, Christmas tree. So I did this thing where I got some of these little lights that you can get that are solar-powered. That was a bad idea, because remember the sun? <laughs> In the winter? So, and do you know, we, we, we've had a Christmas tree in our back garden, please forgive me, oh Lord, since October, because I put the lights on in October. So I, I've been careful not to moan when I see people putting their Christmas trees up. So we've got away with, I now have this enormous Christmas tree, and at first it was great because the sun was shining and the lights would come on and they would stay on all night. Uh, you know, they would go until the wee hours of the morning. Now, there's barely any sunlight that we're experiencing, and it means that they come on very, very faintly some days. Sometimes they're a bit brighter when there's been an hour or two of sun, uh, and they go out by bedtime, kind of 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, that sort of time they've gone out. So I have a Christmas tree. Yes, I'm so excited. Uh, it's beautiful. If you want to come and visit it, you're welcome. Uh, it's almost as nice as this one over here. And uh, all the berries have now gone because the, the berries have been, the birds have come and it, it, it had the uh, berries for their dinner, which is great. But the thing about all the lights and stuff, I love all the lights. And we kind of do this thing, we decorate. You'll have been decorating your house maybe, putting lights up. We, we have lights up all, all year round in our house. We have little sparkly lights we put in the window and we've got lights around the fire. And uh, we, I put, when I'm feeling very special and I want my wife to feel you know, that I kind of really love her, I know she really likes sparkly lights. So I put the lights on up the stairway, up into the, uh, the, uh, the first floor of the house so that there's always light going on and it's always expressive and it's always important. But the trouble with the lights that we see at Christmas time is we've kind of lost the connection with what the light's about. You see, when um, we live in the Northern Hemisphere, and so at Christmas time, we're kind of celebrating a pagan festival because it's so miserable and it's so dark, our solar-powered Christmas lights don't work, uh, that we need to cheer ourselves up. And so we've got caught up in this whole thing of uh, we've got to brighten the place up. And this year, actually, I, I, I did observe Christmas trees were up all over the place much, much earlier than I've ever seen them before. We were over in Northern Ireland uh, last month, and uh, the trees were up uh, in some places already. And I think there's something going on. I think we're living in dark, difficult, miserable times. People are struggling to pay their bills. People are struggling uh, to um, make sure that there's food on the table for their children. We know this because... Things are happening in our community. People are trying to help those who are in need. There's a project that's based here over these um, week Christmas run-up weeks to Christmas, trying to help people who maybe are finding it quite hard at this time of year. Things are difficult. Things are dark. And we only have to look at what's happening around the world to see that that is true. I've reached the, a very advanced age. I know it's great. I don't look at it, but I have reached a very advanced age. And, um, you know, I never thought that we would be living in times that we're living in now. I always thought when I was younger, things will get better. I really believe that. The world will improve. Things will get better. Society will get better. People will treat each other better. Wars will cease. And I look at where we're at. Look at the world that we're, we're living in. Where there are not just rumours of wars, there are real wars, wars with potential to become even bigger wars if world leaders are not careful. 
And so when we talk about light, and a number of our readings tonight talk about light in some detail, it seems a bit strange, doesn't it? The first reading we had tonight went like this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. A light has dawned. People were waiting for a light to come, for things to become clearer, for the world to become clearer, for people to see the light that God was going to send. Now we look back, we look in retrospect, and we see more clearly what was being referred to. We sang tonight, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Bethlehem, that's a name, isn't it? Bethlehem. The people of Israel, the people of Gaza, don't see much light other than the light brought by the explosions that are happening. But Bethlehem gave us the light of Christ. God sent his light into the world. You know, there's nothing that we can do to fix our problems. People talk about this. You know, next year, 2024, we might see the change of government happening. That's exciting, isn't it? Some people are really worried about that possibility. But most of us will go, well, will they really be able to sort things out? Will they really make things better? But there's nothing we can really do to fix our problems, to turn on the light And it was the same back 700 years before Jesus came. When Isaiah gave that prophecy, people didn't know where the light was going to come from. In fact, people were ignoring the light. They were just going their own merry way and doing their own merry thing. But God promised to send his light into the world. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. What the prophet's saying that that the people then were living in darkness, in the night, in ignorance, in sin. They were living in the darkness. You know, it's quite hard when you're in the dark, living in the dark. I wonder if you've ever been in a place where it's totally, totally dark. There is no electric power available to you. I've had various points in my life where I've lived in places for short periods of time where there was no electricity. Can you imagine what it must have been like We all went to bed much earlier (laughs) because there was nothing to do. You know, you had no light and candles were expensive. Life was, I guess, simpler, but more difficult as well. And then along comes gas light, candle light, electric light. And yet things don't change. We can generate light. You know, the thing is this, if you look at the lights as you go from here, if you go along uh, St. John's Road later on, you'll see those wonderful lights uh, 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 that the council have put up. And it's great to try and bring light into the world, but actually, artificial light can never make the night day. It can never make darkness day. It can never remove that. And whatever we do, we can't do anything, really, to turn the darkness off. But God can You see, when uh, Isaiah prophesies, he looks to the coming of Jesus. He says this, a child is going to be born. For unto us a child is born. In the Old Testament, whenever God showed up, it was always a slightly um, dangerous thing when God appears. It was never a very comfortable thing, usually. 
So, for example, he comes as a smoking fire pot to Abraham. He comes as a pillar of cloud and fire to Moses. Can you imagine? And as a raging storm with smoke and thunder on the top of Mount Sinai. God can be a little bit dangerous, uncontained, fiery, hot. But when we look at the birth of Jesus, God coming to earth, God contains himself. God restrains himself to become human. God is still dangerous, but he's also safe. He's like what C.S. Lewis in Narnia, um, in in, uh, his books about Narnia, described Aslan as being like. Aslan, the lion, is not safe, but he's good. And God becomes a baby. A child is going to be born, the prophet says. And he says this, the government shall be upon his shoulder. The baby isn't just a baby, he's a king. Now, we've had a big year this year. We have a new uh, king in the United Kingdom. And a big celebration of that with lots of pomp and ceremony and a big service um, in the Abbey. And it was all very impressive and very important. But what the prophet says, Isaiah, is this baby, he's the king. The government shall be upon his shoulder. All the weight and the hope of the world rests on Jesus. That's why we date. History has been dated for hundreds of years from the coming of Christ. B.C. before Christ and A.D. after Christ. Anno Domini. The government shall be on his shoulders. So he's the one with authority. The Bible tells us he's the one that created through him all things were created. That's the kind of authority he has. The prophet says this, he says, and the the government shall be on his shoulder and his name will be called, wait for this, Wonderful Counselor, our Prince of Peace. It's a bit of a weird word to call someone, isn't it? I'm not disparaging people who are counselors to trade, but Jesus is called, he's our Wonderful Counselor. Now, when you're going through something difficult in life, and let's face it, many of us are going through difficult times right now, it's great to be able to talk to someone about what you're going through. Someone maybe who's walked the same path, maybe who's someone who's had the same difficult life or the same difficult experiences, who knows personally what you are going through. Now, if God really has been born in a manger, if that's true, then we have something that no other Faith, no other religion claims to have. It means that we have a God who understands us from the inside of our experience. He's been where we have been. There's no other religion that says that God has suffered, that God had to be courageous, that he knows what it's like to be abandoned by his friends, to be crushed by injustice, to be tortured and die. Christmas shows he knows what we are going through. And when we talk to him, he understands. God understands. And he wants to bring peace to our lives. We had a friend of ours was baptized this morning in this church. And um, she shared a little bit of testimony, story of how she'd come to be a follower of Jesus. And one of the things that she now knows is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. The one who brings peace to her life because he understands what it is like for each of us.
And while the Son of God may become a baby, the baby does not become God. Jesus is still that fiery pot. He's still dangerous, that cloud of fire and smoke, that raging storm. He deserves our worship. He is God in the flesh. He's God in the flesh and nothing but absolute devotion is appropriate. That's the kind of light God sent when he sent his light into the world. So the question for us this Christmas is what do we do with Jesus? Who the Bible describes described himself as the light of the world. He illuminates our motives. He illuminates everything about us. He knows what's in our heart. He knows how we are thinking. You know, the stories of Jesus' life, they're called the Gospels. They all open somewhat differently. But the Gospel of John, which we heard earlier, talks about the coming of Jesus like this. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It talks about Jesus as the light all the way through verse 9. But in chapter 8, Jesus describes himself as the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So there's an implication for us. As we see the lights this Christmas, as we look and we see a light, as we look at our Christmas trees, I don't know what they make you think. They might just cheer you up a little bit to see the light. But when I see the lights on the tree, when I see the lights around the building, it always makes me think of Jesus, the light of the world. And the question for me and for you is, what will we do with this Jesus, the light of the world? Will we stay in the darkness, pursuing our own thing, going our own way? Or will we turn from ourselves and step into the light of Christ Jesus? Will we turn away from the path of darkness and sin and believe and receive the light of life? Or will we choose to stay in the dark? Christmas lights are all out. And I love to see them. But I love to see the light of Christ shining in these dark days. So may each of us this Christmas know that light in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, and in this world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life.